Hello and welcome to another episode of Electric People. It's Ty Williams and today we had Corey Wallen on the show. Co-hosting with me was Sterling Hills and this one is a lot of fun. Corey Wallen is turning heads in the street right now. He's got 320 career installs. He's hit franchise nine times, eight times in a row. Is the one of the DMs out in San Luis Obispo market who's just finished their best quarter ever eight quarters in a row from starting that market from scratch uh, together as a team and growing it. So the thing that I loved most about this conversation is Corey is so authentic and he's so genuine, but has such a passion for, for doing his best and for seeing what's possible and for, for pushing the limits of sales. He's the real kind, as we call it, he's the type of leader that does the work and his reputation precedes him. So had a lot of fun talking with him. He's very open, very vulnerable. And if you are in sales, especially street sales, going door to door, uh, having a little bit of sliver of Corey's mentality is going to really help you today. So with that, let's get to it. Corey Wallen. The street is where we create. We call it suburbanpreneurship. Mixing big company resources with an entrepreneurial spirit. This is Electric People. Corey Archibald Wallen. <laughs> Corey Creed. Oh, that's better than Archibald. Yeah, it's Corey, Corey Creed. Creed. Yep. Wow. Yeah, I get a lot of people asking if it's like, if I'm a big Creed fan, like the boy band, but no, it's a family name. Or like Apollo Creed. I get that too. Every yeah. now and then, the guy from The Office. Like I named my son Creed. So. Fun fact, what's the, um, or I guess pop trivia, what's the lead singer for Creed's name? No clue. Scott Stapp is his name. Next time you get Dude, that. Of course you would know next that. Time you get that is... Next time you get that question, be ready. You can push that down just a little Scott, so I can see you. Uh, Stapp. Stapp. Mm-hmm. I yep, know all that kind of stuff. I know. It's like, like you with sports. That's how he is. With... <laughs> He's in a cyclopedia for it. Well, here's my theory on it. It's actually the same. There's like whenever I hang out with Dave, he just like, I'm always like, how does everybody know everything about sports? Mm-hmm. Cause I'm in the same world that you're in. Yeah. And I'm assuming that like the same information is flying around. My brain just doesn't grab it. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you probably know the new Miley Cyrus album just came out, but you just didn't grab it. It was around your head. My brain grabs it. I don't know why. Yeah. So I can't tell you who like, like the great athletes are right now, but I, or why they're great, but I can tell you like who they're married to and. But Ty will, he'll surprise you. He'll throw out. Yeah, I used to be, be in the Us Weekly. Like Ty, Ty's like, you know the Us He knows stuff. enough about sports. He says he doesn't, but then he'll drop like, yeah, Jimmy Butler from Miami Heat. And you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> yeah, oddly specific things show up. Uh-huh. But I think sports are great. And I think they're super exciting. Like I'm yeah. watching the quarterback documentary right now with yeah. my son. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's awesome. Like there's so much inspiration. Is in he there. into sports? Yeah, he loves football. That's cool. Yeah. He, uh, it's almost... Friday night lights time again. So they play, you know, Friday mm-hmm. nights. And, uh, last year he wanted to try being a quarterback. And so he came back and was like, um, he's like, Hey, will you help me like with the plays and the strategy? I'm like, yeah, we'll learn it together. Like catch me Googling how to be a quarterback <laughs> if you're 12, <laughs> but that's pretty much it. So, Hey, well, thanks that's for, awesome. uh, thanks for driving all the way down. Got Sterling in the house from Bakersfield. You got Corey in the house from San Luis Obispo. And you guys drove down to me today, so thank you for doing it. Yeah, thanks for having Excited us. Excited to be here. Yeah, and you're coming off of uh, what are some of the some of the um, the snippets? Best training ever, most applicable training I've ever heard. Uh, 
Uh, Corey's got that man. dog in him, whatever. <laughs> a lot of the dog memes. All of the, the all of the things, all of the things memes. from the skills call. But um, give us a brief recap of that call. I wasn't able to get on it, but I, oh, I was dude. telling before you walked in, Stir. I was saying that like these interviews are so fun because people want to hear from people that are doing it right now. Mm-hmm. That's all they want. They want to know that someone's out there going through the same thing that they're going through, yeah. and that they have found something that has helped them stand out and be successful. Yeah. Um, I mean, several times I, I was so nervous dude for that. And I actually had heard that too. Oh bro. And here's the, thing, I know I need to get in that discomfort. And so you, you just lean into it. But when Dave called me, he's like, dude, you're going to do it. I'm like, I just said, okay, but I'm inside. I'm crying like a little girl, you know? And so it's a weekly skills call. How many people get on that call? Five, five, 600. Yeah. 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 I mean, my mom wanted to throw up for me, dude. Really? She knew? She, she, I told her and she just, uh, yeah, she's like, well, good luck, man. I, <laughs> but no, I think it went good. I mean, I, 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 um, Bennett, it, my, my co-partner, he, uh, he actually let me know. He's like, dude, you should do it on referrals. He's like, you're, you're, you're really, really good at referrals and, and that's what you should do it on. So I appreciate him for putting that in my head, but it, um, it went good. I, I love working with people and like really becoming almost a part of the family and like integrating myself into all aspects of, of their life. And I genuinely care about them. And, uh, yeah, it, it just took, it has taken on a life of its own. And I mean, I average like one or two referrals easy a week. Really? Um, pretty consistently. And so like so many, e- each customer is to me two to three extra. Yeah. And so it just, uh, when I first came in to do this job, I got super obsessed with League Live and to the point where I was neglecting my family heart, like almost hardcore. It's embarrassing to say, but You're I mean, just checking stats bro, nonstop. Do nonstop. <laughs> Sales stats. I, I like that, like, really gets me going. So I've had to, like, not look at it or, like, I can't look at it past like seven o'clock, but. You're going to love and hate what we have coming. We're like revamping all our stats right now to make them like more dynamic and more. (laughs) Hopefully I've insulated myself (laughs) enough. But I mean, dude, it like, I full on went through marriage therapy because I got so obsessed with it. And, and honestly, I mean, I used to think therapy was, you know, just for the week, but it was the best thing for me. Mm. And, and it, uh, He's like, yeah, I've seen some of your partners through here in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Sounds like there's a contest going on. <laughs> no, but it, um, yeah, I just had to figure out how to multiply myself and, and, and did so through referrals and just engaging more of the customers and really integrating myself into their lives and, and, and showing that I care and I genuinely do. And, and, um, yeah, just referral game is taking on a life of its own. So it was cool doing that and like getting a few people reaching out afterwards, like, Hey, this, that helped a lot out a lot. I'm, uh, I'm integrating a lot of those things that you said. So hopefully it it added value. You know, I found with like, um, with people that perform at a high level, like you being nervous to give a training on something that, you know, it's, it's crazy to me. Right. Because, and I know that it's, you're viewing it from a different perspective, but it's funny because you often think like, okay, what am I going to say? Like, I don't have anything to say that's that interesting. I just, I just do me. Right. Right. And so here's the thing I've noticed, and this is true in parenting, it's true in leadership, it's true in sales. The things that are, that to you seem obvious are really insightful to other people, Mm -hmm. right? So like families are like something that stands out to me. Like if I were to say like, Hey, like, how do you do, how do you do screen time for your kids? You would say something that's like, well, then everyone do it this way. I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. Like, yeah, again, when you, when you think about something 
often, and when you're an expert at something, really innovative ideas strike, they come in, but they seem obvious. And then someone else hears them. Where, like, I'll bet you there's people that heard this that are like, oh, you get, you try to turn every sale into two to three. I've never thought about that before. And you're like, you're just going to go, you knock, you're just gonna yeah. go knock more. That's your strategy. But yeah. honestly, like this is why it's so important to share on skills calls. It's so important to share in conferences, mm-hmm. this forum, because everything I know about leadership and sales and development has pretty much come from somebody else in some form. Right. You know, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, Bennett, he, he'll like, he literally is like, dude, every time we're talking on the phone and we talk a lot, like anytime we're talking on the phone, I'll pull up my notes. This is Corey's notes. Mm. He's like, and I'll just type stuff down as you're just rambling on. And you know, I don't, I, yeah. So I, I get what you're saying. Like you don't realize that things that you're saying could be impactful or, yeah. or help other people. But, um, he, he's very dialed and I'm more of like fly by the seat of my pants. And so he kind of helps hone that in. It's a great, great team. Mm. Yeah. It's funny how partnerships like that form, you know, you end up, you end up, you end up, if you do it right, you end up partnering with somebody that's not exactly like you. Mm -hmm. Right. It's funny. I was, I was with Corey the night before, um, the day before we, he gave his training, we flew into Salt Lake and we went to the Utah, Florida game. And so we were talking a bunch about big Utah guy over here. I know. That's how good of a friend I am, dude. Are you not a Utah guy? No, he's no. BYU guy. So oh, it's a big man. deal. Him and Dave. I literally got pink eye in that stadium. Hey, him and Dave, the two guys, they're like the <laughs> biggest BYU. F- yeah, they came to the game. It was awesome. Wait, Dave went to this Dave game? Dave was at the game. What color was he wearing? He obviously wasn't wearing red. Was he wearing like a neutral white? I was kind of surprised that he wasn't wearing Florida gear. Uh, I know. He was <laughs> well, like, we talked about getting like a Tebow jersey. He was kind of joking about it, but yeah, he was just. You know, black, yeah, black yeah. shirt. I was all white. Yeah, but it was uh, it was fun though. Like talking <laughs> talking to Corey about that training, you could tell like even what was it two weeks before you found out you were going to be given that training, like and he was he was nervous, but because of that he put in a ton of preparation. Mm-hmm. Like he prepared, mm-hmm. and you can see it in the training. Right, he obviously delivered it really well, but I think because he was a little bit nervous, which isn't a bad thing, he put in a ton of time, and like he was he was obviously prepared for it. So it's cool. Um, but it's, it's, it's like, usually it's one of those things where when you start to just talk about the thing, you're fine, but it's almost the build up. The build up is so much worse than the actual. that you're nervous about. You like, kind of like play that game in your head. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. And you know, we're even talking about like how the zoom setup is going to (laughs) be, you know what I mean? Like sometimes that's the stuff. Yeah. Star had to give me like instructions on how to share (laughs) the screen and, and then it wasn't working. So I ended up just sending it to Robin and had her do it. Thank goodness that. She could do it a lot better than me. You know, the other thing I've noticed is um, because you live inside your own head, you don't, you think that your value is something that you're going to bring to the call and it's not, it's the person you are. Right. Yeah. I was talking to, I was talking to Castle about this the other day, but um, you, your, your results and like your impact, it's already working. And so like whenever, whenever you're asked to like, or even like if you're going to be somebody's leader, Right. You already are what they need. So all you really need to do is, is show up and connect and be intentional and like right. do a really good job, but you don't need, you don't need more stuff. Like if we hire you to be, you know, the DM of the market in San Luis Obispo, it's because of who you are. Now you'll develop and you'll get better, mm-hmm. but it's not like we need you to be something different. Right. And yeah. that's actually something that I've, I've talked to leaders about because often, you know, it's like, you know, you're talking about Florida. So say you make the football team and then you're like, okay, I need to learn a different skill. No, no, no. We, we like brought you on to do the skill that, that you're skill. really proficient at, get really good at that. Mm-hmm. But, but 
it always helps me when I'm going into like some part of the job that I haven't done before, or I'm, I'm, I'm like starting to get into, you know, more leadership versus sales, which that's a transition in everybody's mm-hmm. job. It helps to understand that what they need is you. So yeah. just go connect and be authentic and they don't need you to be super clever or, or right. adopt someone else's mentality or get loaded up on motivational clips from the internet or something like <laughs> it's already you. So just yeah. show up and connect and you know, no, that's so true. I think there's like, for me building up to it, it was a lot of, uh, just wanting to perform and wanting to make people proud and like and my office proud, stir proud and things like that. And then I, uh, talking with Cassie, just kind of shifted, like, I'm just going to try to give, you know, help somebody. Yeah. And so like once I, I transitioned my energy to focus on there, the nerves kind of started going away a little bit more and it, it helped out quite a bit. Yeah. That's the secret. Yeah. When you can think of, um, we can think of what the audience needs to get from something versus you giving something that's good. Yeah. That's the difference. You think about it with selling too, right? Like when you go out and sell, it's like, Oh, I need five Mm. this week versus, okay, I'm going to find the right person and I'm going to, I'm going to fix this for them. Yeah. And then it's like, Oh, there's like an abundance of customers. hundred percent. Abundance of sales. hundred percent. How it goes. That's awesome. So where'd you get your start? You haven't always sold solar. Yeah. So I, um, I ran a car dealership for like 10 years in Utah. Um, Velocity Auto Sales. I, I worked for my brother-in-law, you, you know, Marcus Blair. Yeah. Do you know the story of Marcus and I? I don't know the story. Shout out Marcus Blair. So Marcus Blair and I served an LDS mission together in Guayaquil, Ecuador. We yeah. lived in the same house for a time in Puerto Viejo, Ecuador. As just oh, a, I didn't know that you guys were in the same house. Uh-huh, we were in the same house for a while. And we were good buds. Yeah. And then um, we came back from Cash Valley. You guys had townhomes by Cash each other, didn't you? Or was that Jordan? Yeah, he was, and then, so then we bought houses right next door to each other, <laughs> rode dirt bikes and stuff together. Yeah. And then um, he came out and he was one of my like first alarm recruits and came out and did, it's just crazy to see. Yeah, like, alarms in Houston. Wow. Yeah, and, and his first market was- it was Colorado, in, wasn't it? No, no, it was California. It was, we came out oh, to Concord. Right. It was the first area that's we right. knocked. And so friends, that was tw- uh, 20 years ago. It was mm-hmm. 2003 we signed up. So it's 20 years ago. Wow. And uh, how old were you in 2003? <laughs> 2003, I would have been 16. All right. Just so got his meanwhile, this guy's out here like hoeing <laughs> potato fields. And now 20 years later, we're highlighting Corey Wallen. That's how this, ne- we are all connected, man. Wow. Wait, so now you met him up at Cash Valley then? Well, I married his little sister. Oh. So Lindsay's his little sister. Okay. So we Lindsay's his little State. sister and then him. And then where are the triplets? They have triplets in that the family. The triplets are the oldest three. The oldest three. Yeah. Oh boy. And so I, I was still on pest control. I was managing a team in Sacramento doing pest control. And that's when he recruited me to go down there and work for him, do like financing and, and help buy the cars and things like that. Dude, I love when I love when you get far enough out, everything connects. Like how often do you have connections like that? Like yeah, in this industry, right? Crazy. It, it's it just a just small world. The industry is small. Well, and, and the skill set is like you find each other, mm-hmm. right? So like people yeah. that, you know, like people that you knew a long time ago that have a special skill set or certain thought process, they attract like the same yes. people. And so it doesn't take too long before you all start finding you each find other. You find each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so I did that for gosh, 10 years and it, uh, it was great. I mean, we, we started off with like 70 cars and then by the time I left, we were moving like 500 a, a month. And so it, um, 
It was that cool. feels like a lot of cars. It was a lot of cars, man. I mean, it, we were moving a lot of cars, and it uh, it was cool to see that go. I just kind of hit hit as far as I could get in there, and um, I was actually talking to Tyler Mickelson, and he's like, "Dude, when was the last time that you felt any sort of challenge in your life?" And Brock had been recruiting me, and I just called Ty just to bounce some ideas off him. How do you know those guys? So I lived with them at Utah State. Oh, okay. Um, I actually let's see. I set Ty and Brooke up. Oh, really? Yeah. And so I, I'm look at dude, this. I'm He's telling you, age. we're just all connected. Yeah. So me and he me wakes and, up every morning just grateful for you. <laughs> That's He's right. Like, you know what? Moment of silence for Corey. Now, true story. I, I worked with Brooke at, at T-Mobile in the mall. Wow. And that's how I set him up. She actually got fired. She was doing all of her homework. And <laughs> and so she got let go. That was sad. But so I hooked him up and, and yeah, the rest is history. But wow. Yeah, I, I lived with those dudes for a while and um, sold with them out in Nashville and then up in Erie, Pennsylvania for security cells and, and things like that. So um, what year, what year like was that? Gosh, dude, that was 2009, maybe 2008 that we went out there to Nashville. But um, working for uh, Platinum Security, and then uh, yeah, so I just was talking to Mick, and he, you know, he's like, "When was the last time you felt any sort of challenge?" And dude, like the truth That's of it is, such a great question. It was huh? you know, it, it, it got me. Like that was the one that like I was like, "Dude, I roll out of bed, and I'm way good at this job, and like there's no challenge whatsoever." And I mean, I did. I, I sold something like in, ones that I closed and did everything they took the car it was like 7500 cars in, in like 10 years so I, I had and that's the ones that like actually took the ownership of the what car. kind of so, cars were you selling like what 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 dealership was it um it was like one to four years old cars gotcha like it, newer stuff but off lease rentals wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be funny to go back and see what everyone was doing before this and see them like be pros in their previous job so i was doing alarms so not all that different yeah but, but still pretty different yeah walk up onto a car lot and see like the same day master just putting them down we, oh, have, no. we have a joke in our region on our region thread where like Corey's the credit expert and it's a hundred percent based on what they drive, the car that they drive. Oh so dude, people, I can tell you, you just people spot will show coming up, in. They'll show up at a house, take a picture of the car and be like, what do you think, Corey? And he'll like based on He's the like car. He's like six ninety four. No, yeah, that's like seven four. Oh no, you can you can tell. I mean I honestly should oh, write a so training funny. book because I can tell you who's gonna pass credit mm -hmm. or not, just based off of what car's sitting in the driveway. Well, Every time like, someone fails a credit, they're like, Yeah, send me a picture of the car. I know, like what's the car? Well, and it's like you think about that though, like think about it with doors like you can generally mm -hmm. say like you can people give you clues, right? You can look at a driveway and be like, I have a 80% idea of who lives behind <laughs> yep. this door yep. based on all these clues that they're giving me yep. right here. You know? Yeah. If it's like an older like Toyota Avalon or like older <laughs> Sequoia and it's like really pristine, the dude in like jean shorts and his white t-shirt is going to be tucked into his shirt. Like, yeah, That's definite. How many people are listening to this that drive Avalons? Well, dude, I've like, I've said in the office before, like, Hey, watch for these kind of cars. And they're like, well, tell us like, what about this car? And it's the car that they drive. I'm like, I'm not going there, dude. You're kind of car. <laughs> That's a trap. <laughs> You're like, that is a forest green faded gold edition Accord. Yeah. Uh, hey, but anybody out there listening to this, if there's a Dodge Challenger or Charger and it does not have solar yet, money. Just get it. Just walk right Lay out. Down. Kia Soul is going to be a really good one too. The Kia Soul. <laughs> that one will, will buy anything. They usually are hoarders. The garage is piled up. I love it. 
So you were doing cars and then Mick issued the challenge. Yeah. So I, um, that was hard with my brother-in-law, man. Like that was, that was really, really to tough. To leave the business. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. had been there for so long and, and was running his, his, uh, we had opened up an American Fork store and. Where was it, the first one? In Draper. Okay. Of 123rd. And, and so when we opened up that one, I'm Marcus called me and said, Hey dude, you're ready. It's your time. Like this is when you're going to start moving up and and kind of implying, you know, ownership possibilities, things like that. And so I'm like, yeah. So I, I burned, meaning like I worked from nine to nine for like three straight months, getting that thing up and running and just put everything. I mean, my wife was basically a single mom. And so she had told me like, you need to fix something like it's, this isn't, I'm sick of going to family parties alone. I'm sick of doing this alone. Yeah. And rightfully so, man. I mean, I, I really was, you know, I, I almost married to that over her to a certain extent. And, and, um, you know, bless her heart. I think I'm, I'm so happy she stuck with me, but it, it was rough. And so she was, she actually was pretty excited to leave it. And, and to be honest with you. And so, but it was, it was difficult. What was the, what's the car commission like? Dude, I, when I left there, I was making like 250 to 280. But what per, per unit, like per car? What is it? Oh man, we were probably making like 3,500 to four grand. Oh, okay. So it's, it's, it's more it's than, than the car salesman tell me they make. Yeah. I was gonna like, say. I only make 250. Well, that's what the these. dealership was making. And so mine, my percentages were like all over the board. It was constantly changing. And, and even for a few months when I opened up that lot, it was me and Marcus calling each other like, Hey, what do you think this month? Like, yeah. 20 grand, 25 grand. And it honestly, that's how it was. He's like, yeah, sure. I'll give you 25 grand this month. It was just a negotiation at first, mm. but just a casual conversation. So what do you it think? was, yeah, it was, I mean, that's we weren't moving a lot of units when I first opened up that location, but it was a lot of work getting it up and going. And so that's what, I mean, it was really cool of him to do it like that. Dude, the thing I was thinking about this the other day, like as crazy as the last couple, it's always going to be crazy, by the way. Like, I think we could always say as crazy as the last couple of years have been or last years, mm -hmm. because it's always going to be crazy. But, um, to think about what I used to do to, to have the opportunity it's to like earn, a different life almost. Yeah. But you think about like, think about how hard it was to earn like nine to nine and you are scrapping for every commission that comes in the door and you're following up and you have yep. to be on point and you have to follow up with it. It, it, it made me think like, uh, I don't know what got me thinking about it, but the things I used to do to earn are not as like, it, it doesn't require the same thing because of the opportunity is so much greater now. Yeah. Right. But you think about that where it's like, Again, that's why I would love to see you in your past life. And you're like, dude, you are earning every cent of this. And it's like, if you, <laughs> if you apply that level, which you do, but I'm saying like, if you apply that level, think of people that have been like roofing before. I know your family runs a construction business, mm -hmm. like traveling farming. and doing sales, farming, other kinds of like, yeah. you think about how hard so that hard. work is and then what your earning potential is, you know? That's so great. I mean, my brother just moved out. My oldest brother just moved his whole family out from Aberdeen, Idaho. And he'd been selling potatoes for 26 years for the family oh. business. And and he would like ask me, he's like, so dude, you work like, so you're out there for like five, six hours and you're telling me that you just closed two deals that was like accumulatively worth like $30,000. Like, yeah. He's like, dude, why wouldn't you not work like 12 hours? You know, and you're like, yeah, that's the right question. <laughs> right. Right. Cause if you, it, dude, if you have to get up before the sun and then when like, you have to worry about what the weather's going to do and you, I mean, when your life is in the dirt like that, right. like you see an opportunity, it's the right question to ask. Like, yeah. Why not just go hard like, at it for four years? I don't get years? it. Why would you? Yeah. It, I'm like, 
yeah, I mean, just come and try it. Dude. You'll see, you know, but yeah. you want to have a family life too. And so I'm, I'm very careful with that. And that's the one thing like trying to get really good at referrals is so I can spend a little bit more time with my family and, and try to be quite a bit more present mm-hmm. this, this time around. So what did you see in the solar opportunity that you liked this idea of being truly challenged? Yeah. And I just, I just wanted something different and realized I had I'd plateaued at, at the dealership and there wasn't any more room of growth. And, and, you know, I had a, some tough conversations with Marcus and he's like, look, dude, I mean, unless you have millions of dollars to buy into it, it's just not a reality. And so mm-hmm. I just realized like, do I want this? Like, is this my life? And do I, do I want to be working till five o'clock on Christmas Eve again? You know what I mean? And do I want to work every Saturday? I think I had taken like a total of six or seven Saturdays off in 10 years and like five of them were to go to a BYU game. And so like, (laughs) that should tell you like what my wife thought about that. I mean, she hated cars and she hated BYU, but it, um, (laughs) it's two things I hate cars and BYU. (laughs) No, bless her heart. She's an Aggie. (laughs) Yeah, she is kind of an Aggie, but, um, no, it, it did. It was a lot of different things. I mean, there's a lot of different stressors and just like, dude, I don't want this to be my life. And I do want it to be, I do want to be more present, um, with my family and I don't want my, my wife having to go to Christmas Eve parties alone anymore or like go do Halloween alone anymore, you know, cause I'm working until 9 PM. Yeah. Cars is demanding. I think about it. Like it's think crazy. about, think about when I'm thinking when I've actually inked deals on cars, it's never no, it's never in the it's morning, never bro. 3 it's 30 in yeah, the afternoon. Exactly. It's literally like, I want to go home. You want to go home. You know, if you can get me 30 minutes more tired, you got higher odds of getting that <laughs> warranty, you know, but it's, it's always like, man, is this going to take much longer? And then you're closing up. Everybody's gone. And it's yeah. like nine 45 every when, time. The, the month that Ty asked me that I literally had gone like 50 for 50 on warranties or something like that. And I just like, dude, yeah, I, this is too easy. I'm not. And he goes, well, if, if you're not being challenged, then ask yourself when the last time was that you grew. And I was like, damn, yeah, I probably have been stagnant. And he's like, well, that means you're getting worse. And so that fueled it quite a bit. And I had seen them, I had, you know, I had seen like the stuff, the trips that they got to go on and stuff like that. You know, we, we stayed close and Brock actually for a time asked me to come work at the dealership. And I mean, thank goodness he turned it down, but it, uh, you know, I just said like, yeah, you know what, let's give it a try and let's risk it. You know, it is what it, worst, worst case scenario. I can always come back to cars. I mean, cars aren't going anywhere. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And if, if I can't come back work here, I can do this job in my sleep. I can find somewhere else to do it. But, um, real quick, I think that worst case scenario thing, um, it's something I do in selling a lot, but I think it's a really healthy exercise. Um, mm-hmm to look at. Like I remember when, remember when Ronda Rousey was just beating up everybody, mm-hmm. just everybody in the world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she wrote this book, like right at the top of that, I read her book and there's this quote, like on the front or the back of it that said something like, you know, I've, I've lived in my car before and I'm not afraid to go back. Mm. And so the worst case scenario is not that bad. I could put everything into fighting. And so I remember when I came to solar, I was thinking like, well, I could always, I, I still, Honestly, still think that sometimes where I'm like, listen, I know I can go knock doors. I know I can. And I know I can, I know I can generate crazy commissions. So yeah, I'll take a chance. Like when the worst case Mm -hmm. scenario is not that bad, it makes you really powerful. Yeah. You know? Well, there was too, like, I, I I told my wife, like, look, I'm not coming back. Like uh, there's no way I'm going to allow at the time, Chris Bird was the other partner at the dealership and Marcus Blair. They will not see me defeated. Like I, I have no choice but to succeed. And 
like when I first got there, everyone's asking to go to the Dodgers like playoff games. I'm like, dude, no, not until I freaking figured this yeah. SOB out. And so it, um, new guys like starting, like just become like healthily obsessed with it, but just dive all the way in and become very, very obsessed with it. And, and student of the game, don't go doing anything else. Just learn. Yeah. And when you, when you came out, so you, you moved from Draper to Thousand Oaks mm-hmm. to Camarillo. How long, how long did it take you to like get going? And what, what was that like? Uh, I think I did, I did 11 installs my first quarter and then I did 20. I hit franchise my second quarter. Two quarters in. Yeah. And franchise is like, that's the, the top. And I remember like, shout out to Benji, dude. I love the dude, but I remember like having my, my interview with him and he's like, okay, what's your Q2 goal? I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, I have a lot in the pipeline, maybe like 20. And he goes, okay, dude, like, let's, <laughs> let's like maybe shoot for like 12. And hey, like, listen, not the wrong call based on stats. No, You're right. No, I don't blame right? him. I don't blame <laughs> him at all. You know, he's and, like, I've seen this before. And but he's like, head, well, you have four. So <laughs> let me let's, tell you how this goes. Well, You're I just be lucky to get 10 pal. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, rightfully so it's kind of shocking, right? They, they, I mean, they hadn't had, and it's not normal for somebody to come in. I recognize that, but right. I was very obsessed and very driven. And, and so yeah. it, I was not going to go home like so my first whole quarter was in q4 and so i just was very very motivated to go home for that christmas break established and just like no i need it by the time i get home i want marcus to see me like good and and so that was a big motivating factor and so i knew i, I had a lot in the pipeline I'm like no i i actually think i could hit 20 man he's like well let's set your goal at and we, I think we settled at 18 or something like that. Just and even then I could, those two from, yeah. <laughs> I could tell he was like, you're not ready for that. I don't know, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I, I uh, scheduled my 25th the day that they announced shelter in place. So, wow. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. The, uh, the crazy thing about that, I, you know, when I look at like your initial like vision or your initial like uh, drive, it sounds like, Hey, I, I want to grow that's under there, but Short term, it's by the time I come back here from Christmas, I want a good story to tell my former employer, right? Well, I think you can just see it. And, and so it wasn't like I was going to show up. Sure. I'm not that guy to like, hey, dude, it's going fantastic. You right. know? And he didn't ask either. Yeah. It was a very untold, unspoken thing. Like, does, I, but I was just calm. Yeah. But that's one of those things where I think short term, those are okay. Right. Like people a lot of times try to create their vision and like, you know, my goal is to provide health, wealth, happiness, joy to all those. I'm a river of abundance and, yeah. and good things flow to me. And maybe there's a time for that, but atomic region, shout out to the boys in atomic region. But, um, you know, we do this training on phases if you've seen phases, mm-hmm. right. And it's, it's based off that James clear quote that says what to focus on to the beginner execution to the intermediate strategy mm. and to the expert mindset. So think about mm. your career and, and like not going to Dodger games and stuff. And we both Sterling and I have very similar stories starting out when people are like, Hey, do you want to go on this trip? It's like, it's not the time. No. Cause when you're a beginner, you have to execute. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's it. And then as an intermediate, you can start to strategize and say things like, okay, I'm out here a lot and I'm starting to lose customers. Like maybe I should tweak my process, mm-hmm. but there's often beginners that worry about getting their process so perfect. It's like, just get, just go just, execute. Just you don't, yeah. you don't have enough experience to have any kind of strategic input yet. Right. Well, and you need to fail. Like you, that's you, right. you have to fail. That's right. Yeah. It's like, if you're going to like try a kickflip on a skateboard and you're watching YouTube before you ever try and you're like, okay, now what angle do I, and mm-hmm. you're like, bro, just, you just get that thing under your foot for mm-hmm. a while and try it out. Right. Yeah. But then to the expert mindset, 
right? And so yeah. you've gone through those phases really fast to mm -hmm. go quarter one, what'd you say, nine installs? Your first 11, 11 installs. And then franchise and then having hit franchise nine or 10 times since eight times in a row. Right. Now you're an expert. So now it's the mindset and I, you know, I have to keep my brain in the right vein and in the right area, but there's a time for that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I, I love the idea that like your first year you have an opportunity. You don't, you don't like get admitted to, to Harvard and then like look for balance. You get, it's time to execute. You got a once in a lifetime opportunity. You better keep up. Right. right? But then if you're going to be a lifetime academic, you start to figure out where it all fits and how to maintain your brain and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But at first it's, you got an opportunity, man. You got to, you, you, go. you, you have to rise to it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you're most, a lot of people that come to us were experts at something else yeah. before they came here. And so it's like, you have to, you're not that anymore. You have to scramble until you get up to that level and it always bums me out when I see people and you're, you know, you lead people now when they don't give themselves the time to do that. Like it takes a second, you know, yeah. to like develop expertise and, and get up there. Yeah. You, it, um, it's a, sub, it's almost like on a subconscious thing. Like you want to, you want to be good. So, and maybe you come from being a pro somewhere else and you, so you think that that should automatically, you know, transition. Yeah. It will, but you need to get that foundation first and, and just need, I, for me, I just had to fail. I just had to let me just see where the nuances are of this, like how I can um, affect the sales and 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 where I can allow my my talent to go in and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I was failing fast and hard, like on purpose, like just anybody and everyone. I actually remember like walking up to my first door. Really, I, you remember door one? I remember door one. You remember door one? Um. I remember day one. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. No, I remember door one pretty door. vividly, dude. I, I I walk up and I had knocked pest control. I had done insulation sales in Utah before. Like I had done lots of door-to-door -door pest control, but um, I knock up and I hear a whole bunch of people inside. And like before I knew it, I'm like back out on the corner or on the street. I'm like, dude, what in the hell? I just literally moved my whole family out here and I'm going to pansy out like this. And I'm like, no, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm walking back up to there. So I didn't like you get into a boxing ring and the guy comes at you and you're just like, Oh, that's <laughs> like, exactly what I, I literally went up to knock and I hear a whole bunch of noise. I'm like, dude, no. And I, there's I, people in I there. literally am like standing out in the curb. I was like, no, dude, screw this. So I go back knock on the door and like the door opens and it's all these like nerdy guys just playing Dungeons and Dragons inside. They're like, solar guy, what up? You're like, what up nerds? And no. I was like, hey, what up? <laughs> what like, Dude, playing? we love solar, we want it. And I'm like, oh, sick. And then they're, they're like, the roof's like caving The weirdest in. first like, door ever. Our roof's like caving in though, dude. Sorry. I'm like, <laughs> you know, I now I would know how to take care of that. But I was like, oh no, no problem. Dude. And I'm like, dude, dude, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. You know, and it, it's like, like we talked about earlier, it's just the buildup to things. But back to that worst case scenario. Right. What is the absolute worst? We, we say this in alarm sales back in the day. The worst thing that can happen is they can say no. And then they're just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you're not going to get physically struck. No. You're not They're not going to take your picture and put you on the Huffington Post as a nerd. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's going to be fine. Right. Yeah. The worst case scenario. I have this other thing that I've been working on lately where it's like the worst case scenario has actually never happened to you. Mm. Right. Cause people yeah. are always like, Oh, it's good. Like, it's weird because in, in your head, so much worse. Yeah. Your subconscious like, mind is an evil sucker. Yeah. It, it's, cr but it's insane because it's not real. So in your head, it's, I'm going to go up 
and they're not going to do it. And more than them not doing it, they're probably going to post about it on Nextdoor. And then everybody else is going to see me get rejected. And then I'm going to go up and it's not going to work anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I'm ultimately going to not make any money. So I'm going to be a failure. So my wife's going to leave me. And then I'm probably, and you go down this like crazy (laughs) rabbit hole. Just a vicious cycle. But if you stop for a second, it's like, hey, you've been alive if you do this job somewhere from, you know, 20 to 60 years. And that has never happened to you one time. Yeah. The worst case, it has never happened so to you. Good. And your life has been a collection of experiences where things kind of work out in some way. Or the, I don't want to be ignorant because people have hard lives. 100%. But you, you're here, you're earning, you're alive. You still live in the most like, uh, you know, prosperous time in human history. Mm-hmm. You've got great people around you. You've got a great company and you have opportunity. Right. But it's weird because we go in our heads like we don't often challenge. Stop. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Likely. They're going to say no, and I'm going to move on and I'm going to be out here for seven or eight hours and I'm going to get one or two. That's likely what's going to happen because right. that's what happens every day. And you just got to keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, some people get so stuck in their fear and you just got to keep moving. Well, that's something that's like subconscious that, mm-hmm. that we all do. Like I, I do that as like a parent. I'll like catch myself thinking about like the worst case and I'll be like laying in bed. And I'll be like, what would happen if someone came in that door? Like I'd go grab my, Perfect my example. bat over there in the office and I'd just start hitting them. And then I'll, like five minutes into this, I'm like thinking about how I would like, you're all tensed up and you kill <laughs> someone like they broke into my house. And I'm like, what am I doing right now? That like, has literally never no happened one's ever one, yeah. broken into my house. But yeah, we do that. And it stops us from taking action. Don't ever break into Stur's house. He's got bats. He's out. ready. Bats. I've got like a few layers of like <laughs> He has planned this out yeah. multiple times. I saw, the blue, I saw the blue and gold bat. For some reason, I think that's the one that you... Do you remember the blue and gold yeah, series that we a, did? I have a blue one. Yeah. And I've got some knives that Ty gives me every now and then. So I've got a couple of those. <laughs> you got some I, got knives. One, I got one on the hip yeah, right the now, James, dude. Look James at that. knives. Yeah, hey, those dude. are handy. Handy. Funny. Um, so you, you came in and you started doing this and you really quickly hit franchise. How I remember when I first started selling solar, um, chance already would call and check in on me. And every time like he called, I would say, man, I, I like selling solar. Like almost like Mm -hmm. I found something here that like, this is better. You know, mm-hmm. did you have like moments like that where Yeah, I did. And I, I for a little while still battled like the whole door to door thing. Um and so I remember like we were going to the beach once for my daughter's birthday and like the cops turned us around, right? And my wife's like, I'm sick of this. Like, no, we're we're leaving. And my brother in law I uh, mean the co- oh COVID. Yeah, COVID. The so they wouldn't let us go beach. to the beach, right? And so What a crazy time. Isn't that wild to think back like now? Like, dude, you can't sit on the beach outside because yeah. of COVID. But um my, I, we, I had gotten an offer from my other brother-in-law. He had married to my sister and he, and he owned a tax firm that like specialized in capital gain and placement and, and opportunity zones and things like that. And he's like, Hey, I need somebody to come help sell. And I'd always wanted to get back to Idaho. And so I'm like, okay, well like here's COVID, you know, shelter in place. Like maybe now's the time to, to go back. And so we, we ended up moving and, um, I love you, Brock. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry I put you through that. That was tough. <laughs> but I mean, I remember right after franchise. I'm out. I know. I remember having that conversation with Brock in his car, like outside of um, Popeye's chicken, and he's like, "Dude, what? Why are you hey, at Popeye's? You maybe that maybe that, that factored into this poor decision. This, this, the seed oil like festered in it. But I um, let's get some Popeyes and make some bad decisions. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll buy you Popeyes. You know what though? It, it actually ended up being I grew a lot in that change, of course. And, and it actually ended up like really dialing me in, and and I view myself as much better yeah. after that. And so like after like four months, I'm like, dude, I hate this. Like I, I hate sitting in this office. 
And then, you know, Dave did something similar. Oh yeah, he did. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Brock was like hell of a recruiter, but he kept on calling me like, dude, this change, this change. Like, I don't think you realize how good you were. Like you should come back, come back, come back. Good come for back. Him. So he stuck with me and like, crazy enough. Like I, I went to my wife and after like four or five months, I'm like, Hey, I kind of think I want to go back and do this. And she didn't never complain. She's like, okay, well, I mean, if this is really what you want to do, let's, let's figure it out. And so coming back, I, I was looking at mixed region and then, and then also down with Brock and I ultimately went, went down with Brock. I just didn't feel comfortable in thousand Oaks again. And you know, the room had gotten really, really big. I'm like, I think I kind of felt like they had moved past me a little bit. Hmm. So I was like, I, I just need like a summer smaller where I can like uh, when I first went there, I didn't really want to have the phone calls like crazy. I just got done managing a hundred people at a dealership. I didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so I did, I just loved like being by myself and just working, but coming back a second time, I started to feel that itch come back again. Like, okay, I want to find somewhere where I can put my, you know, put my fingerprints on and, and Jacob Contreras did what a stud he with open arms, welcomed me up there to slow. And it was, you know, I, I remember walking in the room and just kind of ragtag team and I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I can be down with this. And, um, now that room's big. That room's big. That was our smallest team in California. I mean, I got there, it was like 12 or 15 people. It's one of my favorite success stories though, because the leadership across the board, that's how you do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, we have a team in thousand Oaks is starting to do really well. Right. We decide to break off the group, which means the leaders of the current team stand to make less, but that's just what you do when you have growth. You have to give people an opportunity mm -hmm. or else they find opportunity elsewhere. Right. Right. So the group breaks off, it goes up there and then, you know, Brock splitting time between TO and, and mm -hmm. slow and driving. I remember he would exhaust his Tesla battery, like new Tesla <laughs> battery, like five-year-old Tesla battery, of course, but like <laughs> new Tesla battery he was, but they were doing it. Mm -hmm. And then that team just went from 50, 100, 200. And now it's a legit, it's just, it's, it's a great example of giving the right people the right opportunity. And then those right people taking the opportunity, Jacob, he was working at a gym, right? When, oh, yeah. when he came here and then it's just developed right along the way. And, well, and a lot of, of people don't leaders. know, but like, he was like, he, he was really close to quitting. He's like, dude, it was tough. Yeah. yeah. Like he, he was really close to, I mean, we were doing with the, I don't know how he lasted this long, but the ops from Bakersfield is coming over and doing our installs. And it, it, he's like, dude, it's just so hard getting an install in here. And, and so, you know, that transition over to Sunrun happened fairly quick after I got there. I think I had done like one and a half quarters with the Baco in, install crews and, and, um, then in Sunrun's install crews were quite a bit better and it just got awesome. I mean, when you joined the team, I think we had that office open for six months, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, I, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, was it your first quarter you came in, you hit franchise? No. So this, this time coming in, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go a lot slower. I, I, I didn't want to be as obsessed and, and cause another marriage conflict. So when I first came in, I did, I did 11 and then 13 and then franchise. He's like, okay, is that slow enough? All right. Now yeah, I just, like, I just like slow. methodically Hold built on. up my pipeline and then okay, now, now it's just, it's on, you know, autopilot. Yeah. I picture like Lewis Hamilton taking the track. He's like, I'm just going to do a couple of slow laps. And everyone's like, okay, sure. One well, kind of slow lap and he's like, it doesn't, yeah. it's not any more work for me to drive crazy fast I'm, and I feel better. And you know what I mean? Like, well, and like a couple of the guys on the team would be like, so do you think you'll hit franchises score? I'm like, no, not this one. It just, it will come just hang on. And then it what came. was so crazy about that is like your, your first quarter joining slow was the, the best quarter ever. Right. With slow. Yeah. I think we, we did like my, my first full quarter there. We finally hit a hundred. 
Yeah, it was the, I mean, because before that, it was like doing 50 was a big deal in a market 80, like yeah. slow. And, and, you know, I remember back then talking with Jacob and we're like, yeah, you know, we might be able to get this thing up to 150, maybe 200. That was like the dream. And, and then you guys for eight quarters in a row broke the record mm-hmm. every single quarter. And then you started getting on your streak and Bennett started getting on his streak. Yeah. Um, and Corey's first quarter when he got promoted to be a DM, he hit franchise. Yeah. And then since then, he's never missed it. So he's never missed a quarter hitting franchise as a DM, right. growing a flagship office in California. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy to see the path because your highest your highest record is now what? Three? Uh, 346. 346. So we awesome. almost hit 350. You guys have like changed what, what we thought was possible. Like yeah. Sterling was saying, like, I didn't know that you, I mean, back then we didn't know that you could do that much out of a market like that. Right. Well, and we like, we hit 346 with probably 40 people. And then, and that's not 40 active people, that's like 40 total. And so we had some people throwing down and, and then there's some amazing players cool on our team. Slow's, really cool. Slow's known for that per rep average. Yeah. Everybody's throwing down. Mm-hmm. Per rep average. And you guys, you actually have really high um, rookie stats, like new people that come in, you have a high, you have a high like combine rate and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, talk about that. What Sterling was just saying, um, the importance of like, why do you work like that? The importance of hitting franchise as a DM and, and the philosophy behind the way you um, work. Yeah. I just, I, I don't ever want anybody to use me as an excuse. Like uh, they'll never be able to not, I mean, they, they always know that I'll be in my area. And so there's some non-negotiables. Like even if I have something going on, I will get at least one hour in out in the hood, even if it's just back end stuff, like if we have something going on in the family, my wife knows I need to go sit in my car and like take care of some stuff. I always, you just always got to be progressing something. And, um, yeah, I just, I don't negotiate with myself on that. It's, it's, uh, I, I know with my conversion rate, as long as I get three a week, I'll hit franchise. And so like I very rarely miss this quarter has been a little bit tougher. I think I've missed it twice, but I've, I, last year I averaged a triple win the whole year. And so I, I very, very rarely will miss my metrics. And I just, I don't ever want them to have, um, and this might be hard for some people, but I don't ever want them to feel like they have a DM that doesn't do the right stuff. And, and I want them to be proud of like, Hey, like, our, our leaders working, we have to work. And, and so I see some offices and like the, the DMS, they don't put a lot of importance on their personal numbers, not to call anybody out, but it, it, you can see it in their team. You know what I mean? And so I don't ever want my team to like think that that's cool. And it's cool to work and slow. And so it, it, and everyone's happy, man. Like very, very see somebody that's like disgruntled or very rarely. And, and if they are, it's because they're not doing things in their own life, you know, that, that are, are in harmony with our values as an office. But it, uh, yeah, I just take it personally. I'm never going to be somebody's crutch. I'm never going to, they'll never be able to say, well, Corey doesn't do it, so I don't have to do it. Corey is like the, the heart and soul of that team down there in Slow, and he's had such a massive impact on the culture. And I feel like, um, like just to add to that, I feel like you you genuinely care mm-hmm. about your numbers and like what's the how's the saying going? You, if you care about something, you'll find a way. Yeah. And if you don't, you'll find an excuse. <clears throat> Corey's been through like a lot of ups and downs, and like we talk about how he's hit franchise eight quarters in a row. A year ago, was it? Uh, probably five quarters ago, four quarters ago, he lost his dad. His dad passed mm-hmm. away, and I remember how like talking to you about that and how traumatic that was and how big of a deal, like that's, you know, 
to see you work through that and to, to still stay consistent at work was super inspiring for me and, and others in our region. I remember like lately we've been talking a lot about atomic code and like the culture of our, our region, you know, consistency, yeah. grit, discipline, like you're, you embody that. You're such a good example of someone who's been Thank consistent despite like that type of an obstacle, dude, that's, that's life changing. And, and to see you work through that was, was pretty incredible. Yeah. Thanks, dude. Yeah. No, I don't want to. <laughs> no, he, uh, you have a tough subject, but I know that was, that was really inspiring for a lot of the guys in our region. Yeah. He, um, we were pretty close and, and my, and my dad, he was probably 300 pounds was overweight as hell, but he, he'd always say like, <laughs> dude, maybe I'm going to come get like a, a scooter or something like that. Maybe I'll come and knock doors with you. You know, he's like, it's just crazy. I mean, he's a farmer that went broke, you know? So he's, so this is just crazy that you can make this kind of money. So he loved, you know, I, I would talk to him every day and, and he loved hearing about it. And, and so, yeah, that was tough. It's, um, you know, one of the things you said, it's, it's, it's cool to work in slow. There's a, we had this, this adage in an old alarm region that I used to run where we'd always say leader sleeps on the floor. And uh, it came from, we used to do Love those, that. those preseason trips, right? So in alarms, you fund everything yourself. Like it's nice to have like some budgets and stuff like that. in like a company <laughs> and like, but in, in alarms, you got everything that they could afford to pay you. And then you had to run your business off of that. It's real difference in solar. And I remember, so we do these preseason trips and you guys have been a part of these and say, we're going to Arizona. We'd always wind up in like surprise Arizona. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an old person community. And I don't yeah. know why we went there. Cause it's like not like prime knocking, but we'd always end up in surprise Arizona. Um, and we would pack these hotel rooms because, you know, you gotta be efficient. And half of these guys, you don't even know if they're going to make it a summer. So you don't know how much to invest in them. And when it's your own dollars, you think about it. Yeah. And so we would always pack, if there was two uh, queen beds in a room, there's at least five people in that room, at yeah. least yeah. two in the bed, one on the floor. And so uh, everybody that, that like I worked with, I'd always just be like, trust me sleep on the floor. Trust me. Like, and here's, here's why it was so great. Number one, really hard to, uh, really hard to have a problem or make an excuse or, or complain when someone else is on the floor. Yeah. It's just really hard. Number two, it's actually the best place to sleep. I would take a little like air mattress and then like I'd blow it up and I'd actually have more space. It wasn't having to sleep with the weird guy. I would actually sleep really guy. good. You're right by the swamp cooler. Thing. Right by the swamp cooler. Cool. Yeah. So you just got to put your hood and sweatshirt on because that's the thing. But, <laughs> but literally, so the thing with leaders sleep on the floor is it sets the tone. Mm -hmm. It says, hey, we're not going to complain. I've got it worse than you do. But then it's also like. I actually prefer it. It's act right. for a lot of different reasons. And so when a leader leads from the front, it's actually a very similar version of that because it's like, okay, it's really hard to complain that, oh, I couldn't get out and get one because I have a busy life. And you're yeah. sitting there with two with a way busier life, like that mm -hmm. principle. But then also it actually makes you happier. Like the fact that you're 100%. out there and putting it in, like getting, we talk about this a lot, but getting wins changes your chemical makeup, right? Like mm -hmm. you experience dopamine, you experience uh, the, the, the rush of a new relationship. You experience like productivity chemicals that actually make you feel better. And so it's cool. It's not straight servant leadership. It is to some degree, but there's benefits from it that actually make you better. So you're happier and you're being an example and you whip that cyclone around long enough and then it starts to get to other people and then you have a really good culture on your team. But if you can't, like, ultimately, I think that's why 
Vivint, Vivint Solar, Sunrun, real kind kind of companies keep being successful is because they employ that. The leaders of the real, they do the stuff, right? right? And when you think about teams that kind of lose it, a lot of times it starts right there. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm busy. I got to do this other stuff. It's not more important. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or it's like, hey, I should sleep in a bed because I'm paying for this and I'm actually organizing it and I actually need the rest. Intuitively, that makes sense. But you start to get these other problems. Like, can we get a nicer hotel? Or like, I don't want to do this if I have to do all of those kind of problems that you can't Mm. like the leader that sleeps on the floor. He doesn't have to spend any energy on that. It doesn't even come up. Right. And so a leader leading from the front, it's a lot of work to go out and lead from the front, but there are a hundred things that you don't deal with that are also a lot of work Mm -hmm. because you're just, you got, you got the momentum on your side. I wish, I mean, hopefully that kind of explains it, but I wish I could, it's awesome. Explain it better than that. But you felt it like, yeah. why is it so fun to work in Bakersfield for so long? You guys have been cranking those numbers in and slow. Right. Why are the hardest working teams also the happiest? Oh, it's easy. Right. And that's always the case. And like, um, we, we don't, we don't complain about ops. And so like, I, I've noticed like some guys when they, they get sidetracked and they start complaining about ops or home. We're like, guys, if you, if you knew beforehand, like if somebody said, okay, here's your earning potential in this job, but every now and then you're going to have to deal with this, you overwhelmingly still would have chosen to do yeah. it. So like knowing that, like you would still choose to do this, who cares? Just right. get through it. And I think like when you're constantly working and your, your pipeline's healthy, dude, things like that do not bother you at all. It's just, yeah, I can, I can figure that out. That's easy. And so there, there's no stress there. Yeah. That's a good point, man. The, uh, I always say if you're doing the job right, 13 quarters or 13 weeks in a quarter, Three of those weeks should be really, really hard. Mm -hmm. They should really test you. They should, again, think if you're on a championship sports team, right? Like you're in the championships, like those, they are going to push you to your mental and physical limits. Okay. And then probably to be fair, four of those weeks are going to be super easy. You're not even going to break a sweat. Stuff's going to come to you. (laughs) So funny. So now we're, we're more than, and you only got five weeks left and those five are kind of mediocre and you got to manage them. So if someone says, Hey, you can, you have a seven figure potential income. Mm -hmm. Okay. 20% of it is going to be hellishly hard. Mm -hmm. The rest of it is going to be pretty freaking easy. And then that middle ground, you're going to have to manage that. You'd be like, yeah, well, yeah, that's better than my current job where 50% (laughs) of it sucks. And you know what I mean? Like, but that's about the mix. Right. And it's like, Oh, I thought I was going to hit it, but then, okay. We, we joke with senior leaders all the time where I'm like, Hey, this is one of those weeks where I earned every cent they paid me. And then some weeks you feel like you got away with something. (laughs) Yeah. Some (laughs) weeks you're like in that flow state and you're like, things are just happening. Yeah, I got a vacation. I got a referral on vacation. Yeah. That's cool. way of putting it like, Oh, this is why I make what I do when when you're going through those hard times. Think about it, right? Like, oh, hundred percent. We, we, if it, if, if the business could pay less, they would, mm-hmm. because that would be called being a good steward, right. right? But competition and true value, value has a way of truing itself up, mm-hmm. right? So it's like there's a reason that 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 people earn what they earn over time. That trues up, right? Yeah. And so if it were psychology of selling, right? Brian Tracy, one of my favorite parts of that book is he says, I was just thinking about this quote the other day too. He says, um, you should wake up every morning and give a silent prayer that sales is so difficult because if it wasn't so hellishly hard, mm-hmm. the field would be flooded with amateurs and your ability to earn would greatly decrease. So true. Right. And so, but so then true. we're like, oh, I'm backed up. It's like, if you, if everything was easy, the commission table shifts. Yeah. That mindset is so powerful. Like when you, it, when you yeah, change from that. saying like, I have to go to work yeah. to like, I get 
to do this, or I'm grateful mm -hmm. that it's hard because if it weren't, we'd be paid a lot less. Like that mindset is really like powerful. Yeah. When you lean into those moments too, right? Like that's like when you can have experience the most personal growth. Like, do you remember like <laughs> going back to when like NIM three happened? I hope you never felt like I was complaining to you, but there'd be a couple of times where I'm calling stir like, dude, this is just not happening as easy for me as it used to like, what is going on? And, mm -hmm. and it's really, really frustrating when you go from, you know, three to five every single week. And then it's like struggling to get one and like nothing had happened with the customers. It's just all in my own head, you know, but just figuring out how to orchestrate the new verbiage and, and, and new tactics and things like that. And then on top of that, you're in a group text thread with Jeremy Atkinson that's just <laughs> popping yeah. off. And I'm like, I'm feeling like I'm an alpha too. Like, did like, anyone even tell I'm him? not showing. I know exactly. Yeah. I'm like, dude, what a stud. But I'm like, dude, <laughs> I should be doing this too. Yeah. You know? And so it, uh, there was a lot of pressure and, and like, you feel it for the team. Like, dude, I got to figure this out for them, like for their families. Like I've got it. So Ultimately, I was just like, dude, I'm not, I just started analyzing myself. Like, dude, I'm not spending as much time as I need to be spending on this. And, and so I just started getting out a lot earlier. Like, okay, I'm just going to start posting selfies of when I'm driving up the, the grade to go, to go to Paso Robles and work. And, you know, I was starting to get out like 10, 11 o'clock and just dedicating, okay, I need three, four more hours a day on this thing to figure it out. And eventually it clicks. Right. And then you're just like, you don't, it's just a blip. But like you said, there's four or five weeks there that there was an immense amount of struggle and, and until I looked inward, you know, nothing changed and it was just hard. Yeah. But and when I say three weeks of like really hard, I, I actually don't How hard think, is it? Like, yeah, so, most yeah. people don't. I mean, cause again, you grew up farming, right? So for me, like I think of my kids bless them. But if we had like livestock and like, you know, my mom, <laughs> was, know my mom, my mom was a dairy farmer right? Growing up. And I always ask her, I'm like, how old were you when you, she had this brother, little brother named Arlen, little Arlo. I was like, how old were you and Arlo when you were like in charge of milk? And she's like, yeah, we had our own cows when I was like seven. And I look so at my crazy. seven year old no way. and he's like opening a bag of like processed muffins and like dropping the wrapper on the ground. And I'm like, come on, bro. Like, so when I think of like hard, it's like, right. you're not, you're not in the winter with like a, like a, you know, frozen ground trying to do this by yourself and feeling true despair. Like that's hundred percent hard. So NEM three people, I think it, it challenged them to the point where they were like, hard is like, I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if mm -hmm. I can do it. I'm crying in my car by my, that's hard. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then the easy times are like, Hey, you know, how much did you actually work today? And then the medium times, that's where people get bummed. The yeah. medium times are like, so I, I, I would argue that most people's really hard is like, oh, this is harder than it, like what you were just describing. This right. is harder than it used to be. I have to get out earlier. I have to, I have to do yeah. more to make the same. That's like the moderately hard stuff. But then the, the, the dark hours when you're like, I used to be the guy and now I'm getting my butt kicked. I don't, that's yeah, it's the right? mental challenge, right? It's the, the hard stuff is the mental stuff. It's like that, the mm -hmm. mind games you play with yourself and the conversations you're having subconsciously, like that's the hard start, yeah. the hard stuff of the job. But you could also have a job where you go and you like clock in and you wonder like, does the world, does it make one iota of a difference if I'm here or not? Could somebody else plug into this seat and do this exact same thing? And you know, that's yeah. the, you know, and so I think it's weird because your, your story is really awesome because you have a hard time not putting in, you have a hard time. Yeah. You have a hard time not going a hundred percent. But I think that that, to me, what that says is there's virtue in going then in, in finding your limits. It's, it wouldn't, 
it wouldn't be something that draws you so much. It wouldn't give you so much satisfaction and so much opportunity if it wasn't a good thing. Now, of course, too much of a good thing can be bad. You got to find your balance and stuff with it. But it's funny to me how sometimes like, you know, I always, we, we just went through a thing where we were uncompetitive in comp in a couple markets. So we had a lot of people coming in and trying to recruit our people. You know, you felt it, Sterling felt it definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's hard. It sucks. Like it's one of those things that sucks, but what I see that I love in our sales force and tell me if you feel some of this, like in your own personal path is not one person got on the phone and complained like, Oh, this is like getting pretty hard out here. We all immediately turn up. Right. And everybody goes in and they work really hard. And I actually think like when I get asked by like the executives, like, how's it going out there? I'm like, for me, I'm a little excited because would I rather not have it be hard? Probably. Right. But now we're on the tail end of it and the opportunity is better for thousands of other people that stayed here. Right. We corrected something in the business and everybody got better. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, it's like working out. It sucks, but look at you. Yeah. You look better. You feel you better. Pecs. Your body works, but you got pecs, bro. Like, like right? the, ob- the obstacles the way, right? <laughs> the obstacles away. Yeah. And so I think to some of that, like, I think for someone like you that has the, the, the experience coming up on M3, Jordan, my brother used to always say it's about to get impressive. Like this mm-hmm. is really hard. It's about, someone's going to write a book about this, this, this people are going to ask how we did this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then, and then cool. that challenge is kind of one of those, like, yeah, I'm going to go at 10 and people need to see me figuring it out. And then the one that's struggling sees you figuring it out. I have this theory that most of the things you go through are so that you can help somebody else through it. hundred percent. Right. Like even like your dad, like what a crazy hard thing, mm-hmm. but somebody at some point that you lead is going to go through something that they can't they can't fathom knocking through and you're going to be able to say, Hey, I know what that's yeah. like, you yeah. know, and how many people you can help. It's like a, I don't know. It's a, it's a heavy stewardship, you know? I think like, um, a, lo- a lot of reps mistake, like when they feel discomfort, the the worst thing you could do is, is run from that. Obviously like Hester just said the obstacles away, but just lean into that discomfort. And that's how Dave sucked me into doing the skills. things. like, dude, I'm uncomfortable as hell with that, but I'll do it. And, and I'm so happy I did do it. Like it was a lot of fun. And I think like, as soon as I, okay, dude, I just need to figure this out and I need to dedicate more time to this. Jeremy's already got it figured out. I got it. Like I was very close to leaving that green, but I'm like, dad, be like a stage three leader. I can't leave the freaking thread, but it, it, uh, <laughs> talking it, about the wartime thread. Yeah, yeah. I was, just, I like, I was so close. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, good for him, man. But it, <clears> if anything, he helped me like, okay, dude, he's figured it out. I can do this too. Like I've, what, what in my life would ever would lead me to determine that I can't do this. Like I can do some pretty shitty stuff. I can get through this. And so it just, you know, a lot of times if you're not getting it right away, you just need more time. You just need to fail more and, and just get through it and keep trying. But I love that. I love that. Um, I, you, you, you strike me to have this value, but it's like, Worse than not figuring it out is being able to, is like looking at yourself and being like, I couldn't, ha- I couldn't stick it out. No, no way. Right. Like, it's like, call me a lot of things. I can fail the job, but don't call me like a, like a lazy person. Like, don't, don't say I'm not a worker. Yeah, like that's, I can endure sucky things for a right. very long time. It's funny how like going, going through it at the time, you don't realize it, but like looking back, like you can be, it's, it's, it's easy, to, easy to see like the growth that happens from going through something so hard, yeah. like NEM3, right? Like look at all the good things that happened for those that just endured that and stuck with it. Like well, again, slow just has taken off with the batteries. Like mm-hmm. it, we just, 
we never complained about it. We're just like, Hey, we're going to figure this out. We're going to work. And you know, I always, I always felt really calm and this is what other companies don't have, but I always like, I knew you were there. I knew Taylor, Dave were there. I knew Stur was there. So I'm like, dude, they would never lie to us. And, and if they're not running from it, we can figure it out. And so it, um, like having that at the very top helps a lot. And, and I, I feel bad for other companies and they don't have that, but like, okay, no, we're going to, we have the smartest players on our side. We'll figure it out. It's crazy. I think six months ago, if if you were to say, yeah, nine out of 10 accounts, we're going to be selling with full home. Oh, it's crazy, dude. There's no way. I would have told you you're crazy. Like it happened so fast. And and, and because it was hard, we had to to figure out how to sell the battery. And so now it's like, there's so many opportunities now in the industry with grid services and all these other, you know, there's so, so much, much more fun. It's like yeah. a new job altogether. Yeah. There's so much innovation happening right yeah. now with the products. It's really exciting. You know, what's great is, you know, the same way you said you look to your leaders, um, for kind of the confidence, uh, what are they doing? You have, and again, this is one of those things where what seems obvious to you doesn't seem insightful, but there are a hundred people looking at you and be like, well, Corey's here, right? Like mm-hmm. the same thing that yeah. you think about, yeah. You know, Sterling Taylor date, like the same thing that you think that's your job. People look at you and be like, well, obviously it's possible. He's selling. Yeah. Now he's getting out earlier. Maybe I should get out early. Like that is right. leaderhood to a T that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's showing the way and keeping in touch with the people like, Hey, I'm going to run out a hundred steps ahead of you. I'm going to check in with you every step. That's what it is. Yeah. Right. And so I think that Tell me, tell me maybe about some of the developments in, in leadership. You, you have this, like you're, you, you have this work ethic and skill set and, and, um, kind of like personality or, or you're defined by your ability to, to, to produce at the top. The leadership is something that is often a little bit more quiet. People don't notice it as much because it's not as flashy. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about, um, like maybe your transition to being, uh, you know, the leader that you are as opposed to the natural salesperson you are? Um, I, and this is uncomfortable talking about yourself, right? But I, I think one well, that's of, what you're here to do today. Yeah. I think, uh, <laughs> Buckle up. One thing that I've always, and, and it's a genuine thing is I really do care about them and I care and it, I take it like pretty personally, like their family life and, and at the dealership too, I sincerely care about them. And like a lot of the sales guys, they would purposely hold their paper back and so that they could get me to do their deal. Cause they knew that I was going to fight and then they knew that I cared about, you know, whether their deal went down or not. And so they would call me <laughs> a lot of the guys, they'd call me the um, wizard and they put that little wizard emoji, like we're waiting for the wizard. And, and it, you know, it just kind of, you take a lot of pride in like, okay, they know that I'm down to fight. And, and so, you know, that I expect the same of them. I'm not going to like, Hey, I'll fight hard. So you don't have to fight. No, I'm going to fight hard. You better fight with me. And uh, you better push for every deal to get done because I'm going to push for every deal to get done. I don't care how late, late it takes. It doesn't matter. And so I think uh, I, I, they, they know I truly care about them and they know that I do anything for them. And, and, you know, there's lots of, you know, moments of being able to support them in different ways that I don't need to go into. But um, just being able to help them out, whether it's emotionally or physically or, or you know, whatever, in certain, in certain opportune moments, they know I care about them. Corey. And I love them to death. Corey's definitely the people's leader. Like you can see if you go, everyone on his team, they love Corey. Um, it's been fun to watch, but, but one of his like superpowers is he's so good at communication. Like he's constantly in contact with his people. If you look at the team thread, like Corey is ultra active on that thread. 
he's always encouraging others, talking to people. But I think that's that's something that's like small and little, but it has such a big impact yeah. on the team. Just like staying in touch with your people, but also just staying active and engaged like twenty four seven. It's awesome. And then just the fun that you guys have. Like think about like the yeah. cold plunges and stuff, like the challenges yeah. you guys do outside of work. Like you guys are good at connecting with your team outside of the day-to-day work stuff. And I think that's huge, like for the camaraderie and just, mm-hmm. it really does feel like a family and slow. And I think that's it because is. of the stuff you do outside of work. I think that goes a long ways. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll do like, <laughs> we did like Wim Hof breathing through our, the, the, <laughs> the speakers of our Tesla one day. Like everyone's just out and like sprawled out on the parking lot. Wim Hof like, on the beach at Morro Bay. Yeah. So just, <laughs> that's what I love about our office the most is like things that, if you went and did another office, they may be like, dude, that's, that's stupid. Or why are you doing that? I, I, I love it that they just embrace it and just, let's just get weird together and, and, <laughs> you know, and have some fun. And so it, that, that honestly, one of the biggest, I, I mean, I come from a farm. I, I swear like a sailor, but it, it, one of the biggest worries for me is I'm like telling dude, don't put me up in front of people. I get like a, I get like a form of Tourette's almost dude where I can't control it. And so that's what I'm like, I'm like telling Dave, he's like, Oh, well, Hey bombs. man, like just kind of control yourself. I'm like, no, I got you, dude. I won't say anything too crazy, but it, uh, I mean, that's growth. I think, uh, one theme that you keep kind of both hitting on is it's hard to lead if you're focused on the outcome, but if you can focus on what you're actually doing, like the people helping the people, the other stuff comes, right? Mm-hmm. So when you can look to say, I was on your team, right? And I was one of the guys over whom you had stewardship. If you just ask yourself the simple question, what does Ty need? You're going to do really good leadership stuff, mm-hmm. right? But if you start thinking, how do I be a good leader? You, mm-hmm. you miss the mark. Mm-hmm. Same thing with customers. How do I, how do I slay it and make all this money? It's like, Okay. But if you're like, okay, how do I, how do I actually like add the most value to people and solve their problems? Right. You're, you're happier and it comes as a byproduct. but I love that those two things exist in the way you sell. it's your thing. Like you have this kind of open heart and the fact that you lead with your heart, not with like your mouth or your head. Like, I think that's the, that's well, the key. I, I, and I said this in the training and the skills call, I think like you cannot expect anything or ask anybody of anything if you haven't given them value first and, yeah. and, and, like, I'm not saying that any, anybody should do this or I'm not saying this to get a pat on my back, but I, I speak Spanish. So there's a lot of Spanish customers in our market. Hey, look, I'll do a Spanish one for free for you guys. Like, just let me know. And and I never, I, I told myself before I said that I'm never going to feel bad about any of the commission. I'm never going to worry about yeah. that. I, I will do And so people knew that they could call me for a free close. And, and by doing that, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to endear them to me. I'm going to give them a lot of value because I'm, there's going to come a time where I'm going to tell them, Hey, I need your ass out there. Like I need you to go. I need you to push. And so when you guys all came to us say, Hey, we need bigger numbers. It's easy to say, Hey guys, I need you this week to go crazy. I, I need more of an effort and they'll, they'll do it. And so they, they know that I'll do anything for them. And I, I've added tons of value in dollars into their bank account and, and I'm stoked to do it and I'll gladly do it more and more and more. But it, um, there's that culture and Jacob and Ben are super, you know, giving of their time and, and, and effort as well too. And so they, they know that we would do anything for them. And so it's easy to ask like, Hey, I need you to do something this week. You know, I need you to go harder. Or we need to fix that type of thing. And if you look at our, like our, our inactive list, I think we have like maybe even one or two that are even in our office. Like yeah. our office pumps. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's cool to work. I like it. It's cool. <laughs> That's a, um, credited to Helen Keller, but it says, you know, she has that quote that says no one ever became poor by giving. Mm. Um, 
It actually might be Anne. It might be Anne Frank. Hold on. I don't know. That's it. We need to fact check these famous women. It's either Anne Frank or Helen. I think it's Anne Frank. No one ever became poor by giving. But think about that. The more you give, the more you get. Yeah. So like if you think like, oh, I can't do like a close for everybody. I won't have any time to get money myself. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. But if you're like, hey, I can help you. My life is better than I deserve it to be. Sure. I speak Spanish for some reason. I probably right. whatever. And then it's like weird. You keep hitting franchise every qu- weird. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like the universe keeps getting It back. just keeps yeah. working. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't outpace it. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't add so much value and not happen to collect some in the process. But, you and, know? and what you said about the chemical balance inside is, I, I mean, maybe that's what it does, but I honestly feel way happier sure. doing it. And I don't, I don't need a pat on the back. That's not why I'm bringing it up. I don't, I sincerely do not care about the money. Um, but I know it means a lot to them. Yeah. It's just that that's when you care about people, you do stuff like that, right? Like it's the same thing. Like if your friend needed, I have a flat tire and you need to come help me. It's like, yeah, Yeah. you're my, you're my friend. And that's more fulfilling than the money anyways. It is way more fun. You can like help someone change and develop a skill and change their life. Like that. Think about that. It's like, Yeah. yeah, that, that reward is in and of itself. Like that's, that's what it's all about. Yeah. How do you, how do you do, um, balance like what are some of the the wall and ways for balance like you you mentioned before that that's something maybe you've struggled with i don't know if balance there's a lot going around right now whether or not balance is the right word but it's more like uh i don't know rhythm yeah rhythm like how do you how do you how do you manage it um dude i was horrible for the longest time and like in our family we're just we're on potato farm you just work dude and like you sacrifice yeah, you a try lot to tell to your work. tell and your potato farming family about balance like what the hell are you talking <laughs> about what and and so we're but, talking about well, potatoes what are you talking about my dad <laughs> did like a month before he passed he goes he, we were sitting with my kids and watching them play around and stuff like that and i have an eight-year-old seven-year-old and a four-year-old and he's like, dude, the moments that you're living right now are the moments that I always wish I could go back and relive. Mm-hmm. And that, those are my favorite times. And like, God, I'll get emotional to talk about it. But that um, that did change a lot for me. And it, it, it was a paradigm shift almost. And like, dude, he's right. Like, I need to be more present. Like, I, I need to. So how do I multiply myself? Like, because I don't really want to, like, sacrifice hitting 25. I need to hit that. Um, for my team and, and, and I need to still help out, but like, how do I make myself multiplied in there? And that just easy way was referrals and, and starting to endear myself with customers a little bit heavier. And again, I add a lot of value. And so I can ask a lot of them like, Hey, okay, I need this, 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 I'll get referrals every single week. But it, um, that was really impactful to me. And I really am knowing that I really am living like the best moment in time right now has, has helped me get grounded and very balanced out. You're a good example of like the and mentality. You know, you can say I can do this or that. You're mm-hmm. a good example of doing both. Like you, yeah. you care about the numbers and you're going to hit your number, but you're also an incredible dad and husband. And like, yeah. you're always, you know, you take your boy to like the golden state basketball game. And like, you guys go down to Disneyland a lot, right? Yeah. Like, we just went this weekend. Yeah. Like the you, Jonas brothers concert. With you them. take time to be with your family and Cut the Joe bros. We did. The dude. I, bros. I didn't know any of the songs. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't really listen to music. Ty knows the name. Hey, well, speaking every... of performing Joe's out there, he's going through a divorce. He's out there giving your kid a show. Like, Wait a, wait a dude, that was cool. Way to put is, it in Joe stuff, Jonas. Ty knows not just the names, but he knows what's going on in their lives. Well, is, yeah, it, I, is it Sophie Turner? Is that who he's getting? Uh-huh. The I mean, yeah. I have no idea. The well, my wife just filled yeah. me in on all that drama. Yeah. So yeah, and that was cool. We did a, a half day of Disney and then we went and did the Jonas Brothers concert at Dodger Stadium that just this last weekend. So I mean, stuff like that is just awesome, man. And like my relationship, like having that mentality, my relationship with my wife has just flourished. Like we're way happier than we've ever been. And, 
And, and so just grateful, dude. It, it's it just, life is good. In order, I, 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 you know, we see people that are generally, you know, successful in one thing are usually successful in another, especially if you sustain it over time. Like mm-hmm. it's no, it's no surprise that a lot of the very best sales leaders, they're also like pretty good with their, their income and they're pretty good. You know, they have, they have real um, thought and systems with their families and the way they raise their kids and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's pretty awesome to see that those are the, those are the benefits from putting in. And when you put in, you're happier. So mm-hmm. a lot of times people think, Oh, I just, I need to be home more. I, t- I travel a lot. Right. And I'm not around a lot. And so I sometimes think I need to be home more, but there's also, if I'm home more, but I'm not proud of myself, I have to, I have to figure out where I stand with that. And so I need to find a way where it's like, I have to perform because it makes me feel really good. And if I feel really good, I promise it's better for everybody. I show up better. I'm more intentional. I have better ideas. I have more fire for life. If I'm proud of myself and putting in that said, I can't do it at the, you know, I can't do that all the time because then I'm not putting in at home as well. And so I think that idea of how do I win at work and then be who I need to be at home or for my friendships or for my other parts of my life. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the chase. I think just being intentional with stuff. Like I think a lot of people make the excuse up in their head. Like I, I need to be home more. Like my, my family's like, well, do they also need you out there busting your butt and like winning out out there? Like my, my family needs me with our goals. They need me to win. I have to yeah. win. Because so, if you're home more and you're bummed, that's actually worse. Yeah, like it's it's not right. So no, just be more intentional when you are home. Be more intentional when you are working and it balances itself out. And you got little kids, right? How old are your kids? Yeah, so four, Nora's four, um, Winnie's seven, and Creed is eight. You're in the thick of it. Yeah, so I mean, I coach Busy. I coach my daughter's soccer team. I, I help coach Creed's football team. I coach his basketball team. Coach Wallen, wow. dude. Yeah. Coach Wallen. Well, that's like the one here. thing like at the dealership, I knew I wasn't going to be able to do those things. And so that, that played into it too. Like, dude, I need a little bit more freedom because I want to, my dad yeah. was there for me. I want to be able to be there for them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. I'll have guys be like, dude, you, I didn't know you coach all these teams and you're still, you know, it's like, yeah, dude, you don't negotiate with certain things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Franchise eight times in a row, eight times quarter over quarter, best production and, or, uh, you know, office best mm-hmm. and coaching, multiple different teams it's fun, dude. and Disneyland trips. And oh, Disneyland trips. Hey. My wife's a big Disney freak, man. She loves it. <laughs> That's amazing. No, dude. Um, what advice do you have for new reps starting out? Oh, uh, I'm honestly fall in love with the failing part of it. Like it, it, you know, it's, and that's all part of the journey. Like you gotta, you gotta be okay with failing and, and put yourself in uncomfortable situations where you have no th- no choice but to swim. Like you just have to start stroking. And so, you know, just put in the time. Then there, there really isn't a secret sauce, man. I, I hate the most when people are like, oh, well, he's good because of this. Oh, he, he has this one line, you know. Or like every time Dave Madsen talks, everyone's looking for the one line. Like Jeremy Atkinson isn't going to give you one line that makes a plethora of deals. But he's out there nonstop. Like you always know, and it's always in the back of my head going up against him in the bigs. Like I know he's out there. In a way, it's kind of killing me to be here right now because I'm like, dude, he is cranking. I'm like in my head thinking of past clients in Simi Valley or Camarillo that I can stop at on the way home and close. And so it, um, you know, just just work. Honestly, just fall in love with the work and and don't make excuses for it and just be cool with the fail. Like it's, it's all part of the process. You have to fail 
to, to learn how you're going to be adequate at the job and where you can integrate in your talents and things like that. I remember the, um, the first day I knocked, I was knocking with Jake Bevins. Um, he was down in TO and, uh, I, I watched him do a couple doors and he turned around and said to me, he's like, what advice would you have for me? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't even know what you just, I mean, I understand the process and I understand where there's transition points, but I don't have any word, like I don't have any words. And he's like, well, why don't you do a few? And I was like, why don't you go knock and then give me a minute to give me like an hour to just go make a mess. Let me just, let me just get all, get some nose on me. Let me just like get messy yeah. and then I'll come back. And so it's funny That's that I noticed, I noticed that with people that are, um, that, that are thinking right where they don't say like, Hey, so what do you say? They're just like, let me go make a fool out of myself for like two hours yep. and like, kind of like mess with this for a second. Let me crash yep. into some walls and then come back. I, I completely agree with you. I would, I would say, Hey, listen, don't expect to be good. Mm -mm. Just put in, just put, they're not going to hurt you. Right. So just put in. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is, I mean, we live in these evolutionary shells. Our bodies haven't been evolving for centuries so that we can survive. Yeah. So what'll happen is you'll put yourself, if you're putting in, you'll get before a door. And even if you're not consciously thinking you're going to evolve, you can only get a door slammed in your face without getting a word out so many times before you try something else and be like, Hey, before you shut the door. And then you're like, Oh, subconsciously you log that bought me four seconds. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm gonna do that next time. And you get better and better and better and better and better. Yeah. Right? 100%. But if you're not, if you're not scared of it, if you expect it and success isn't getting a sale, success is putting in over time. Sales 100%. will come. Yeah. It will come. What's I your mean. favorite movie? Ooh, I mean, Hey, what's your favorite romantic comedy? Dude, he asked me these questions and I've thought about this. <laughs> you asked me these questions in Greece and I'm like, dude, I didn't even think that, but I was so freaking hot in the sauna <laughs> And like, I couldn't like, it so was I just literally 120 like, degrees in Greece. I'm like, Hey bro, <laughs> who's your favorite country music artist? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, dude, I would have said somebody different. Okay. So let's do, it. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm not romantic comedy. Give it to me. Romantic comedy. Jeez, dude, romantic comedy. I mean, I can do like a chick flick. I can't think of a romantic chick flick works. What's your favorite? Chick okay. Flick? So like notebook, I was way into the notebook back yeah, in the day. Notebook. All right. I was into that. I never got that deep into the notebook, but I love like, Notting Hill, my gosh. Notting Hill's oh, amazing. Hugh Grant. Stop with that. Like, Notting Hill. Just turn it on. I'll watch the very, whole thing. Very good. 10 Things I Hate About You is <laughs> Don't good. Don't even get me started. 10 Things I Hate About You stands up. That's good. That'd be like a romantic dude, comedy. That's yeah, like, that is like romantic. a teen comedy. Notting Hill's good though, dude. I Notting Hill's great. I watched Serendipity the other day on a flight. Oh yeah? Catch me watching Serendipity Going flying back. back from Atlanta, dude. <laughs> <laughs> After Someone he comes misses up his plane like three times. Yeah. Let's see. What were some of the other questions you asked me? Who's your favorite sports team? Uh, so college BYU, obviously I'm a Utah jazz fan. It's hard times being a BYU fan, right? I went to BYU. A lot of times, a BYU yeah. fan. In <laughs> fairness, I'm not an anything it, It's fan. been a rough like 10 years. Yeah. 10? Yeah. Uh, maybe a little bit longer. I, I, I heard like Lavelle was really good and hey, I haven't heard a lot. They just got since. a big win. They just joined the big 12. It's yeah. Exciting right but now. But now they don't play in Vegas. I used to go to that game every year. The whatever bowl, they're in the, or the, something? The, the Las Vegas bowl, the Las Vegas bowl. in the Mountain West. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that uh, it's it's been hard for me to be a BYU fan ever since Utah went to the Pac-12. But you know, we just don't get a lot of nice things, and we're better men for it. That's hey, but you <laughs> you've come a long ways. You know, hey, we're there now. We've made it. We we are in the Big Twelve now. But uh, jazz fan, which is also rough. Um, Go jazz. Was a big Kobe Bryant fan, so I was a Lakers fan for a time being, but. Uh, I think my fanhood lived and died with Kobe Bryant, but, um, 
NFL, it's really whoever's on my my fantasy football team or whoever has a BYU football player on it. I'm yeah, because sure you get you get your hard work done and being a BYU fan. So I'm from Idaho, watching? so I, I don't have yeah. an NFL. Okay. Like you know, it's just so you're watching a pro team. You're like, I want entertainment. I don't want my heart to right. get stomped out. I'm going to pick who's winning. NFL is easy for me to to enjoy just because I don't have a dog in the fight. Depends right. on who the Cougars are playing. Which yeah, that will wreck me. Like my wife knows if if BYU loses, um, she like she kind of treads lightly a little bit. She knows that I'm. I mean, I'll play nice on, on the exterior, but I'm pretty wrecked inside. All right. Full vulnerability right now. Open up your cell phone. Ooh. Go to Apple Music. What is the last song that you played? Yes. Uh, no cheating. See. Oh, I got to turn it on. I turned it off because I didn't oh, want... Oh, check you out, dude. Wow. Listen, I, I didn't, you, I didn't, look at you being fully I didn't, uh, I didn't want the referral train going nuts in here. Yeah, that thing would have been just going off <laughs> left and right. He's like, I have to See, turn I'm, my phone off because so many people want my product and services. It's annoying. <laughs> I think the last thing I was... Hold on. We'll wait. We'll just wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll see wait. what it pulls up. Hey, we'll I got one up. for you while we're waiting. What's, okay. what's your spirit animal? And I think I know the answer. Ooh, probably a buffalo. Dude. I knew it. Yeah. The buffalo. Probably, hey, probably a buffalo. How do you charge play Charge the storm, baby. They have this thing in slow. They talk about this all the time, about how a buffalo charges the storm. The last song I listened to was Richmond, North of Richmond. That, that one song. Rich men north of Richmond. Have you not heard of that new one? Um, oh, that's that. That's the dude. I was. I, mean, I, I did we, listen to a Frank Sinatra on the way up here. Sinatra. And then I Sinatra? did. Uh, every now You're and then I dabble in like the 50s. Okay. I like that I kind of stuff. I that coming. Oh, I'm full of surprises, buddy. And then I was listening to this book on the way up here. It's a long name, so I got to look it up. It's the 1699 Laws of um, Communication. Who wrote that? Uh, John C. Maxwell. Oh yeah, Maxwell. Maxwell. Maxwell's it's doctrine, but he 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 likes those big numbers of laws. Yeah. Right? <laughs> oh, it's yeah, like yeah. So twenty-three more, irrefutable dude. laws. Yeah, sixteen. Laws. Go four more and get twenty. How it's, many secrets? He's like, I have stripped this. <laughs> so I have stripped this secrets. down. Hey, well, thanks for uh, thanks for putting well, in the miles you, to share with us. Your your words will will live for years and years, and many people will listen to it. But your your production's inspiring. Your it, your dude. contribution to the company. I mean, your fingerprints are all over this place, and can't thank you enough. Uh, so. Thank you. I appreciate you Proud guys, you, dude. Way thanks, to go. dude. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you guys for joining us on another episode of Electric People. You should do the wah, wah, wah. <laughs> we didn't have an opportunity for it. If you're listening to this and interested in joining our teams, DM us on Instagram at run the league. What are you waiting for? Run the league, shoot us a DM and let's get going. Hey, <laughs>